All right. Welcome to C12, everybody. How are we doing tonight? Come on, do me a favor. I need you to lock eyes with someone on the other side of the room and just give them the biggest smile you can possibly give them. I'm talking about a teeth smile. You got to show teeth, the biggest teeth smile you can give them. That's good. Hey, we are, uh, we're so excited you're here. Thank you so much for coming. It's a good night. It's a packed night. We were getting out chairs, having to put out more chairs. So if you do have a seat next to you, well, actually, I think everybody's got a seat. It looks like we're good in the back. So you just stay put. You don't have to move. Uh, but anyways, we're so glad that you're here. Hey, I want to tell you guys about something really cool that we're doing in a few weeks. In two weeks on August 18th. Thursday night uh, right here, C12. We're going to do something pretty fun to kind of kick off new school year. For those of you that are going back to school, those of you that are going to be, you're going to be around here. How about this? Raise your hand if you're going to still be hanging out with us like in the fall. You're not leaving to go to some school. Okay, fun, fun. Well, on August 18th, on August 18th, we're going to do what we're calling a Thursday night live. We're going to do a kind of a talk show night. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some different like interactive things that we're doing and a lot of funny stuff with our very own talk show, Josiah Gorviate. Yeah, I just made up that last name. That's how you say it. Gorvet, I believe is how you say it, but uh, Gorviate is what I like to call him. So he's going to be hosting tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun, so make sure you bring some friends. Just come ready to connect with one another, ready to have some fun. It's going to be a good night on August 18th, so uh, make sure you're here that night. Tonight is a pretty cool night as well. Um, I've, my name is Austin Hagen, by the way. If you're new here, I help lead C12. Okay, cool. And... Uh, I have the privilege of doing that, but tonight I have the honor and the privilege of uh, handing it over to a guest speaker, somebody that I handpicked to preach tonight. I'm excited to have him. His name is Todd Nicholson. You can give it up for him. He's going to come up here in just a little bit. Todd is a, uh, he's a pastor here at 12 Stone. He's uh, a pastor in spiritual formations here at Central Campus. If you come to Central Campus on Sunday mornings, you'll probably see him around. He does a lot with small groups and that kind of thing. He's the man. And so I want to tell you a, cool, a couple of cool things about him. First of all, I want to introduce you to his family. He's got a cool-looking family. Boom, there they are, beautiful family. And Todd has an amazing beard, and I just want to be like him so much. You're going to see his awesome beard when he comes up here. I'm super jealous of it. But uh, he's got a cool family. And then I want to give you a couple of cool facts. I said, Todd, I need uh, like two really awesome facts about you. So here they are. Uh, fun fact number one is he proposed to his wife in front of 12,000 people at a concert where they had met two years prior. That's awesome. You're going to have to share with us what concert it was. Okay, don't share with us. Brian McKnight, I think is what it was. Um, (laughs) Fun fact number two, I just made that up. Fun fact number two, uh, he has been kicked out of two different summer youth camps as a kid. So now he's a preacher, he's a pastor, but back in the day he got kicked out of summer youth camp. So y'all do me a favor, put your hands together, make some noise for my friend Todd Nicholson. Austin's a liar. If If I was as cute as him, I wouldn't need this beard, you know what I'm saying? Did, did, I, did that just freak some of you out right there? Um, so, you all right? I mean, he's cute, right? I mean, he's a, he's a good-looking man. Is that okay to say? Okay, uh, apparently not. Okay. Jeez, I thought we were going to have some fun tonight, but apparently we're not. Okay, um, just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, listen, um, I've been speaking for a while, and um, you may not know that, uh, based on tonight. But anyway, so here's the deal. When I speak, I always put a chair out front. 
and, and I'm going to talk about this maybe a little later, maybe, um, but this is called my Jesus chair. And it may seem kind of corny and cheesy, but here's the thing that I've learned is that I have nothing good to say, but God has everything good for you tonight. And so here's the thing that the Lord woke me up just a few weeks ago. Now that I'm getting old, I get woke up in the night. I don't know what that is, but anyway, so I, um, I woke up in the middle of the night and the Lord, you know, when he wakes me up in the night, I know that's, it's time to pray. And so I actually went out into the living room, which I normally do. And I just lay on my face. All right. And sometimes I hope I'm just going to go back to sleep, but it doesn't work out that way. I lay on my face and I just say, God, what do you want me to, what do you want me to pray for? Why did you wake me up? And he, he, he stirred something within me. He said that you would have a heart to feel. You'd have open ears to hear and open eyes to see. And that's what this Jesus chair is all about. I pray tonight that you'll have open heart to feel, open ears to hear, and open eyes to see what God has for you. Do you believe that you can walk out a different person? It is not what Todd Nicholson says tonight, but it has everything to do with what Jesus Christ wants to do within you. You guys dig that? Is that cool? So here's the deal. Let's pray. Let's invite Jesus to come sit in the chair and that everything that's good, that it would get past the chair, but everything that's bad, it would just stop at the chair. Let's, let's pray that. Okay. Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you so much again. I know we're just praying it up. We're just praying people tonight. And God, I just pray that you would be with us. God, that you would touch our hearts, Lord, that we would just kind of let down our guard tonight and that you would do work in our heart. God, I pray for these students who are about to go off into college or those who are about to start school or, or those who are in the workplace. God, I pray no matter what their life journey looks like, that God, that they would be here tonight and they would, they would come hungry to hear from you. And so, God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for how it sets us free. So, Lord, we, we choose that tonight. We say yes to it. And Jesus, fill us up. Everybody just say the name Jesus. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So can you put that picture back up of my family? That's my wife, Micah. I know, she's hot, right? Um, that's my oldest daughter, Grace, and Isaiah, my boy. And then that teddy bear he's holding is significant. Um, my son, Jacob, was born into the arms of Jesus in 2013. And so that is his teddy bear, uh, Cubby. And then that's our, our, our new promise, Lucy, brings light. That's what her name means. Lucy brings light. And so that's Lucy. That's my family. I love them. Um, my wife is, I, I'm married up. You know what I'm saying, guys? Right? Again, the beard is, is bad. Okay. Um, so here's the deal. So tonight we're going we're gonna to dive in, back in, to the story of Jacob. All right? I, I, I talked to, to uh, Austin, and he shared with me the last three weeks kind of where you've been, and you've been talking about Jacob. Listen, remember, my son... His name is Jacob. So I've kind of gone through that story of Jacob, and, and I just have different eyes to see it. And, and I, I believe that tonight's message is for you, but listen to this. I believe that God is dealing with me in this moment. So I'm going to come to you tonight very vulnerable and very honest and transparent. I hope you can dig that um, in, a, in a culture that is not very honest or transparent. And we just uh, throw stuff up on social media that we want you to see, but tonight is a real talk, Okay. And so I hope you can receive that because I'm just going to be honest with where I am. Uh, in 2009, I was a big boy. I mean, I'm skinny these days, right? But like in 2009, I was what you call a muffin top, okay? It just hang over. You know what I'm saying? Man, you guys are rough on me. That was like my best <laughs> joke of the night. Okay, anyway, so I was a muffin top, and I, and I decided that I was going to get on my bike. I, I became a cyclist. Imagine this in spandex. Okay, get rid of that, get rid of that. 
Sorry for that. My bad. Now the Lord's waking you up, right? And you're like, oh, God. Okay. Um, so I got in spandex, and I hit the road, and I started to cycle, and, and I just decided I was going to make a, a new life for myself. In 2007, again, I'm just being all, just completely transparent. 2007, I buried my father. He was 53. He died of cancer. And I decided I didn't want to die at 53. Even though it was cancer, I couldn't, whatever, that was, I decided I needed to live a healthier life for my kids. And so I got real about it, and I made decisions, and I, and I lost like 35 pounds. Okay? I know. All in the beard. Okay, no, just kidding. Um, and so I, I got on the, on the, the bike, and I rode. And, and here's the thing. How many of you love to diet? Exactly. It ain't cool. Because why is it hard to diet? It's the decisions that you make that's, that's the challenge. We create bad habits, and therefore, we have to kind of undo in our head what, what we've done for months, maybe years. And the same is true for our spiritual life. Tonight, we're going back to Jacob, and we're going to kind of build off of what Austin's already talked about, talking about identity, talking about how Jacob was a deceiver, right, and all that mess that he went through early on in his life. And we're going to talk about how do we undo the years of damage that we've done to our own identity? How do we take practical steps out of this? Can you guys dig that? Are you with me? Have I lost you already? Look at your neighbor. Say, we're going somewhere. All right. Look at him again and say, it'll be all right. Okay. So we're going somewhere, and it's going to be all right. But here's the thing. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul actually says it this way. He says, look, the old creation's gone. The new has come. He's saying, look, ditch the old uh, identity, complexes, insecurities. Ditch that and live to be who Christ has called you to be. So the old is gone and the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if you like that verse, check it out, okay? And I believe that God wants us, wants more for our life. And I believe that tonight is an opportunity for us to take our next step closer to Jesus. Say next step. This is a journey. Our walk with Christ is a journey, right? And it's full of next steps. It's full of opportunities, but here's the deal. Some of us know what God's calling us to, but we're not ready to take that step. And some of you may be wrestling with the call in your life. You feel like God's asking more of you. Maybe he's asking you to surrender the major you feel like you want that makes a little more dollar. And then and you're going to go over here, and, and, and God's asking you to surrender that to serve him in a different capacity. And you're not ready for that kind of, I mean... You know, it's expensive. School's expensive. You make excuses. But I believe God wants us to move from the old to the new. Anybody remember uh, the story of Jacob? I'm going to fly through. Look at this. This is my iced coffee, two pumps classic. Hey, all right? I'm jacked up. So you guys, you guys better wake up and hang with me because I'm going to fly through this story of Jacob. And so, okay, all right. My, my people, thank you. Good morning. All right. Um, so here's the deal. We're going to fly through this story of Jacob, and I need you guys to hang with me, and I need you to engage with me, and I want you to process what God's calling you to. What's your next step? Think about it. Some of you already know. What are you doing on this journey if you don't know where you're going? Let's, let's, let's take the next step together. All right? 
We're here to help. We're here to move forward. All right? So I had to untrain my, my body. Why you laugh? I had to untrain my body, untrain my mind. Listen, it, the body part's easy. The, the, the decision to go to the gym's easy. What's not easy is stop putting the, fi- the fifth scoop of ice cream on the bowl, right? That's the part I don't like. I can work out and be like, what's up? How you doing, right? Do my thing. But when we order pizza, I'm like, can we get cheese in the crust? That'd be good, right? <laughs> and so it's the decisions. Listen, the Bible says this, says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to what? Does anybody know that verse? Make it obedient to Christ. Listen, you want to take next steps. You're going to have to take every thought captive and make it obedient. You have to take your thoughts and make them obey what God says, not what the world says. Okay, let's keep going. I'm hype. Okay, okay, there we go. Anybody remember what Jacob means? I already told you earlier. Anybody paying attention? Deceiver. What else? Heel grabber. Good. Trickster, right? Deceiver. Trickster. Heel grabber. Can I get an amen? Okay, no, no. Okay. Does anybody know what Israel means? God's people. Isn't that interesting? It's easier to remember the bad stuff, isn't it? Maybe that's why we kind of lean more towards it. Jacob means deceiver, trickster, heel grabber, yes. Israel means struggled with God, prevailer. Mm. So here's the deal. Big thought tonight. If you get nothing else, tonight's message is so that we will learn how to move from deception, from the deceiver, to the prevailer. How do we do that? I'm going to tell you. I'm glad you asked. Tonight, before we get into all that, my prayer for you is that you learn how to move into a prevailer, into a conquering attitude. And I don't mean it like cocky, like, what's up? How you doing? Right? I don't mean that. I mean like in a prevailer, in my spirit, I don't care what you say. I mean, right? The old sticks and stones may break my bones. But words were never. Like the confidence that you had on the playground as a 10-year-old, I wanted it to bubble back up. Like, I dominate kickball. Right, no. I want you to walk with a little bit of swag. This, a little bit of cockiness is okay because we know who our God is. Amen? And sometimes we allow the world to tell us who we are and we get in a mess and before we know it, we're a muffin top spiritually. And the reality, God, God wants us to get in shape mentally to conquer new ground for him. Amen? So what's our next step? Okay. Let's deal with something first. We all have a deceptive spirit. You know why I started putting the Jesus chair out? is because I was scared to death. I didn't go to school to be a pastor. I don't know how to talk to people. Before I got into ministry, I would cry anytime I got in front of people that were more than 10 people. I know, feel sorry for me. Right? And then, so here I am, and I, I'm like, God, what am I supposed to say? I got six kids in my student ministry in northern Indiana, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. God, you're going to have to do it. So for the last 12 years, I speak with a chair in front of me because I'm insecure. What are you doing in life that you have an insecurity? What's holding you back? 
Now, this is a good insecurity because I need to know that it's Christ that speaks through me, not me speaking through, right? I need God to do it, not me. So I keep the chair here. But what is it in your life that you're insecure about? That God's calling you to step out of the boat of insecurity and walk on the water with confidence. I want you to prevail. But so often in life, we have these insecurities and this deception bubbles up out of our insecurities. You know what I'm talking about? Let's just continue to use me, my favorite subject. Okay? Another joke. Okay. Sorry, that's what coffee does to me. I just don't know when to quit. So (laughs) we're going to have fun. So here's the deal I'm insecure about speaking because I don't feel qualified for ministry. Again, a real talk. God, how could you use a farm boy from Indiana to do anything? I'm dyslexic. I struggled all throughout school. And I've always been the guy on your team that you want on your team, but he's not the guy on the team. How could you ever use me? Now, don't raise your hand, but I just, I'm just wondering, does this resonate? I don't ever feel adequate enough. And that's the first part, the first half of Jacob's life. So he's so insecure that he starts to act out of these insecurities and he starts to to do things that are crazy. This is the first three weeks in a nutshell. I'm just basically doing a synopsis of what Austin's already taught you. Week one, he steals the birthright from his older older brother, right? You remember this? Over a bowl of soup, right? He steals the birthright. He's a trickster. He tricks And it just makes sense that once you've done that and you've ticked off the family, you run away to your uncle's house and you marry your cousin, right? That just makes sense. Okay, no, no, I'm just kidding. This ain't Kentucky. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I apologize for all you Kentucky bluegrassians. Um, So then he goes to Laban's house, his uncle, and he thinks his cousin's hot. And he says, hey, uncle, what do I need to do to marry your daughter? That's weird. And uncle's like, that's not so weird. Work for me for seven years. She's all yours. Wow. Seven years? And, and he already brought it up. So I just imagine Jacob singing a little Brian McKnight, right? Working for seven years. Back to one, like a tree. No, you guys, too, okay. Too old of a reference. Okay, my bad. So I just imagine seven years go by like that because he's like, he's singing love songs, a little Barry White. Ain't no woman like the one I got, Right? Seven years go by like that. But remember, listen, Austin already told you, when you are a trickster, when you live life in deceit, what goes around comes around, and you get deceived. You get deceived. When you live your life in deception, you will be deceived. And so on his wedding night, his uncle slipped him a Mickey, right? I don't know if that's a real thing. But, like, he had too much to drink. And he put his oldest daughter, Leah, or Leah, not Princess Leia, Leah, right? <laughs> Leah. That would be weird. Okay. Now I've just lost you. Okay. He puts Leah in, in the bedroom. And so he's tipsy. They consummate the marriage. And then he wakes up and he's like, ow, right? Who are you? What? And it just meant he runs out of the tent. He's like, Whoa. And his uncle's like, aha. <laughs> because Leah, 
Leah was, Leah, Leah, Leah was not easy on the eyes. She ugly. And in the custom of that day, it would be bad for the oldest to not get married before the youngest. And so he tricked his, or his nephew. And then he said, if you work for me another seven years, I'll throw in the other one. <laughs> Done. Right? This is week two. Then he not only marries both of them, but they go off and, and he takes everything. And he actually starts to steal from his uncle again. So he's stolen from his brother. Now he's, he's married. He's been deceived. And so he gets back to his uncle and he actually steals from him on his way out. And he's fleeing again. You guys with me? Week three. I believe that God did something in Jacob's life where he was tired of running. This is where we're going to pick up tonight. If you've got your Bibles, let's go to Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32. See, all of a sudden you're faced with having to deal with your past. Let me just say this. If you don't deal with your past you will never be able to keep it out of your present. If you don't deal with the insecurities that are within you that are not of God, you will never be able to keep it out of your present. You will always struggle with those things. God's calling you to your next step. You got to get moving. I got to get moving. Let's, get, let's go through this real quick. Genesis chapter 32, uh, verses 22 through 31. That night, Jacob got up. He took his two wives. Now, remember, I'm sorry, let me set the scene. He's actually fleeing from his uncle, and he has heard that his brother, a.k.a. Chuck Norris, hairy arms, like rough hunter, like the wine just drips from his beard, right, <laughs> is coming at him. So he cheated his uncle, he cheated his brother, and here he is stuck in the middle. It's the night before doomsday. And he's faced with some serious stuff. So Jacob got up that night and he took his wives, his two wives, remember two of them, two, uh, and he takes those two and he takes the two female servants and his 11 sons and they cross the ford of Jebuk, right? And so he actually takes them across this stream and he's like, go hang out over here. He's like, go before me. Uh, you tell tell my, my brother that I'm sorry. I hope that works. But meanwhile, what I want you to see is he, he takes... Verse 23, after he had sent them across the stream, he sent all over all his possessions. He sent over all his possessions. So he's removed his family, and he's removed his possessions. Verse 24, so Jacob was left, what? Alone. Check this out. Then a man wrestled with him. I love this. This is a great transition. He's left alone. Oh, but a man was there, and they wrestled. Sounds reasonable. <laughs> so he's left alone. And, and listen, some, some scholars, people that are smarter than me, think that this might be the first time that we actually see Jesus. Because this man was God. They, it was an angel of the Lord. And, and I don't know, you, you just, I'm just throwing that out there. I like to drop bombs and just leave it. Okay, but, but they might, this might be Jesus that just shows up on the scene. And so verse 24, he was left alone, but then he wrestled with a man. Listen, when the man saw the God, right, this person that he's wrestling with, saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the, the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched. Right? Like my sound effects. All right. He wrestled with the man. 
And the man uh, said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, he said, what is your name? Oh, no, I, I will not let you go unless I, you bless me. Again, he's fighting for this blessing. He's fighting all this insecurity. He's like, look, dog, I ain't letting go until you give me my blessing. Because he knows that he's a supernatural. He knows there's something about this. And he's wrestling with God and he's struggling with God. He says, I will not let go until you bless me. Then the man said, um, or he said, what is your name? Listen to this. I'm going to change this a little bit. He's the, the man that's wrestling Jacob says, what is your name? And Jacob says this. He says, deceiver. See, it says Jacob in the English translation, but just think about it. Remember, we're talking about what it means. And he says, deceiver. My name is deceiver. And the man says, your name will no longer be deceiver, but Israel, the prevailer. Because you have struggled with God and with humans, but you have overcome. Jacob says, please tell me your name. But he says, uh, why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. Verse 30, so Jacob called that place Peniel, saying that it's because I saw God's face to face, and yet my life was spared. Now check this out. Verse 31, the sun rose up above them as he passed Peniel, and Jacob was limping because of his hip. Man, there's so many, like there's like 20 sermons packed in this thing. So good. Two observations that I have for you tonight. Two observations is this. is One thing that I see that I believe the Holy Spirit, uh, again, I'm, I'm just a normal guy who's reading the scripture for me. And what the Lord revealed to me was that Jacob had to push his relationships away and his achievements away so that he could focus on God. Do you see that? Now, I'm just telling you what I got. This is fresh bread. I don't know if it's good. I'm just saying this is what I got out of it. Sometimes, I'm going to call you students because I don't, church. Sometimes, church, our relationships get in the way of that next step that Christ wants us to take. God's called you to the mission field, but you don't go because there ain't no woman like the one I got. God's called you to surrender your major to, to follow him and to pursue him and to chase after him, but you don't because the possessions and what you have already achieved and I got this scholarship and, and you don't understand what I've been given. Like, I can't do that. And it's all about what you could do. Remember, this is Jacob's story. It was all about what he could achieve. I'm not letting go until you bless me. I mean, Jacob's like, he's like, it's all about me. Yes. And God and God's like, no, it's all about me. See, sometimes I, I think as we move into the fall semester, some of you are about to start school up again. Some of you are about, you know, this is just the time that we start to make new routines, right? You're about to meet some people at school, you're about to have new relationships, new friends. And you put these people and, and you start to agree with people in your life that are not living biblical truth. And are not taking the steps that you know that God's called you to live. But you, you sacrifice those things for the people in your life. Does that make sense? See, up until this point, it was all about what Jacob could accumulate. What he could steal from others. What he could trick. What he could deceive. He lived a life of deception. But when you live a life of deception, you're deceived. You think it's all about you. But it's not. Listen, if you want to gain your life, you must lose it, right? Right? Jesus said that. 
not Todd. The greatest of these is actually the least. The person that gives himself away the most is the one I'm talking about. That's Todd's translation, right? The second thing I observed is this. We have to let go of those accomplishments, those achievements, and we have to confess our insecurities. Can I just tell you, what would the church look like if we were really honest about what was inside? You know, it's easy for me to say this from the stage and talk about it, but what, was, what would happen if in your small groups, if where you, where you do life and community, if you were really transparent about your pornography addiction? And you brush it off like, it's just sons of anarchy. Right? I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with the walking dead. And I'm not here, like, condemning that, okay? I'm just saying, like, maybe God's called you to be holy and to be separate. But you make little, little steps saying, no, this is okay. And what you're doing is you're putting those, those accomplishments, those, those relationships, because you want to be able to talk about those things with your friends. And that's more important to you than your moment, your time with God. Does that make sense? We compromise our, our, our beliefs all the time. But she's so hot, you don't understand. Todd, 10 out of 10, bro. I hear you. But if she's asking you to walk away from God, then that can't be from God. If he's asking you to do things, you get it. Right? We don't like to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. But I'm telling you, if you want, you want your blessing, then you got to realize it's not about you. we got to stay humble, be holy, and stay hungry. Right? That was Miles Welch, not Jesus. Okay. Close. No, it's kidding. Okay. Um, you got to confess your insecurities. you got to confess the sin that's deep within. I'm, t- I'm giving you some practical steps, right? One, two, three, right here. Here we go. You want to know how to take next steps, then you got to be real with who you are. you got to walk away from the, from the deception. The spotlight is here, and you got to step in and say, okay, God, this is all of me. It ain't good. I'm a muffin top. But I know that I'm going to start taking every thought captive, and I'm going to be obedient to Christ. So number one is you got to confess, right? 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins... He is quick to forgive us, right? He's faithful. Come on now. Don't get quiet on me. See, we don't like this. It was funny when you talked about the muffin top, but chill out, Todd. Let's take next steps. Let's get serious. If we really want to take, go, go beyond, we've got to get focused here. Confess your sin. Second thing is avoid the pain. No pain, no gain. We like that in the gym, right? We put that on a shirt. But when it's spiritual, oh, just kidding. I didn't mean it. Right? We like to put it on a t-shirt, it looks good, because I'm all swollen stuff, right? But then when you get into the church, it's like, <laughs> come on now. Let's just take it easy, big guy. Jesus is asking you to take a step, and it's going to cost you. The farther you get in this thing with Jesus, the more it costs you. It costs the disciples their life. What do you think is going to be any different for you? Ooh, I'm sorry. I know we just met. This is how my wife felt. She's like, whoa, easy tiger, Right? <laughs> That might have been because of something else. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Pray for me. Pray for me. <laughs> Don't avoid the pain. Look at Jacob. He wrenched his hip in the middle of this battle. 
and for the rest of Jacob's life. Watch, uh, yeah, Prince of Egypt, right? The cartoon, the, the, you know what I'm talking about? My boy comes walking in to Israel. He's limping. It's true. It's on Prince of Egypt. <laughs> he comes walking in. He has a limp. Because of when he was wrestling with God in Genesis 32, he was constantly reminded to slow down and to trust God. He could never run ahead of God. It's going to cost you. If it doesn't cost you, if it doesn't scare you, if you don't have to put a chair out there, it's probably not of God. If it's easy, that's your strength. If it scares the poop out of you, you can write that down. I'm just kidding. Um, last one. You have to be willing to wrestle. You have to stay hungry. One thing I know about wrestling, I got a five-year-old son, Isaiah, right? He's five now. My boy just, like, dives off the couch. I'm like, is that not a thing? I don't know. Anyway, so he just, like, literally will take me out. I'm watching something. Fixer upper, because I'm old, right? I'm just watching like HGTV, and my boy's like, boom, just like takes me out. Because for him, it's like, that's it. He loves wrestling with daddy. And so let me tell you something. When, when you wrestle with God in those moments, when you finally surrender and you say, I am not letting go until I know that I know that, that this is what you have for me, God never just bails. He's faithful to bless. Oh, that rhymed. Or no, not rhymed. It has the same B. You guys, okay. I'm dyslexic. Lay off, right? So here's the deal. God doesn't bail. He blesses. Man, see, that's, that's straight God, right? God doesn't bail. He's in this, and he wants to bless. But you got to stay hungry. See, what happens is we, we continue to take steps, and the more we walk into the spotlight, the more dirty we see ourselves. We see ourselves because we're not holy. We're not God. But God's saying, keep following. Come on. Come on. I got something. I got your next. I got your next. Jacob ends up becoming Jacob, Father Jacob. We talk about him now, thousands of years later. Why? Because he was willing to wrestle with God. I've seen it. I've been in ministry only 12 years. I'm not, I'm not super old, but I've seen it enough where people just bail on God because it's, it's like when you're climbing a hill, when you're running. I don't run, but when, I've heard this. When people run, <laughs> when they run and they're climbing a hill, they kind of get to that top and they're just like, oh, I can't do it. And they bail. It's too hard. And then they do what? They walk. Some of you are chasing after God, but as the hill increases, as life gets harder, as the ask, I got to pronounce as the, as the big ask gets hard. Like, listen, if God wants to take you in deeper, it's a bigger ask. My bad. Like, bigger ask. Right. I'm sorry. I'm taking too much time. Again, I, God ain't done with me yet. He's still working on things, okay? Listen, God wants you to be the you he created you to be. And you'll never be that if you can't continue to take next steps and to trust him. You think I deserve to marry someone that, that gorgeous? No. I made a ton of mistakes getting there. But God brought me her. 
She's my perfect, and, 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 and you have that. So don't settle for Mr. Unperfect or Mrs. Unperfect. Keep taking next steps. All right. We have to resolve in our spirit. If you want to wrestle with God, you have to resolve in your spirit that you will prevail. Say prevail. prevail. Say I will prevail. prevail. See, I didn't get rid of the muffin top. No, you don't have to say that part. Unless it's true for you. I see that hand. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I didn't get rid of the muffin top by making excuses. Right? Some of, some of you are judging me. Don't look at me. All right? I didn't get rid of the muffin top by making excuses. I, listen, I had to make up my mind. No, I'm going to lose weight. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's like, this is real for you. Because you had to make up a decision. You had to make it up in your mind that you're going to go to the gym every day and it's going to cost you something. Some of you make that decision every day to get out of bed. That's your first step. Good for you. Proud of you. Let's try to do it before noon sometime. That would be amazing. All right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sorry. That was offensive. My apologies. But you have to, we have to resolve in your spirit that you're going to prevail and you're going to get that next step. God wants us to be prevailers. He wants us to trust him. Do I got time, man? I got one more story. Am I right? I know I've talked a long time. Okay, I don't, I don't know what time it is. It's like midnight. You guys all right? <laughs> I wasn't going to say this, and some of you already heard this, so forgive me, but my son Jacob, his, his name, we liked the name. We hated that it meant deceiver and trickster. But we believe that God gave us that name. Jacob Michael was his name. And 20 weeks into our pregnancy, we knew that something was wrong. And I'm a, I've been a pastor at this point. This was 2013, and I had been a pastor for a while. And, you know, like, I, I knew the scriptures, and I knew God changed Jacob's name to Israel, and that's what we started to pray. We started to pray that God would change our son's destiny, that he would no longer be the deceiver, like this baby inside that's not going to survive. But we were praying that God would make him a prevailer and that God would keep him alive for us. He didn't. When Jacob was born on April 6th, 2013, when they cut the cord, he didn't survive. Now, I don't say that just for you to feel sorry for me. I say that because I'm still standing here. See, my son, who never took a breath for himself, taught me something. If you aren't willing to wrestle for the things in life, if you're not willing to fight through the pain and to walk with the limp. See, some people think God doesn't want that for me because it hurts. Who said that? They're a liar. That's a, that's a literal lie from the enemy. God, God sometimes will allow pain. He didn't, he didn't want my son to die. That sin and all this crazy world and the fallen state of man, that's what killed my son. It wasn't God. God didn't kill my son. You know what God did? God strengthened my faith because the world took my son. I walk with a limp because I went through something that costs me something. You know what it's like to look at your wife who's bawling and doesn't understand why we serve and we left our family. We're from Indiana. We've been out to Maryland. We went to San Diego. Now we're here in Atlanta sweating. It's hot. Why don't you tell me? I thought hot Atlanta was just a joke. You ain't messing. 
We traveled. We went all over the place. We're, we're doing God's business. And my wife looks at me and said, why would God ask this of us? Haven't we given him enough? What do you say to your wife when she asks you that and you're the pastor and a husband? I don't know. But you know what I found? There's strength in the limp. There's strength in it. Because you know what everybody asks me now when they see this tattoo that says Jacob Michael, what's the tattoo mean? Let me tell you about my son. And I get to tell them about Jesus because what God's brought me through. I walk with a limp. I'm stronger today than I was before my son. Does that make sense? What are you going through that you're saying, man, that ain't God. God would never ask that of me. Yes, maybe he is. I'm going to call the band up. You got to be willing to wrestle. Wrestle with God and trust him. Don't let go. Hang on. The band's going to play, and I, I thank you because I know I probably went a little too long, but I just, can I tell you, church, I don't want to, I've already been too preachy, but we need men and women of integrity that are willing to walk through a mess and still praise God. And who aren't so consumed with relationships and material that they forget what God's asking them to do. We need some people who are committed to the main thing and be willing to roll up your sleeves and say, no, I'm not letting go until I know that I know that this is you. I, I know I'm speaking kind of general. I, I, don't quit. I know the hill's steep. I know your hip hurts. I know there's pain. Run to the roar. Run to the problem. Don't avoid it. Stay faithful. The Lord guides our steps. He gives us strength. We will ri rise up on wings like eagles, right? We will take refuge in the shadow of his wing. Come on, church, right? I will lift my eyes up to the hills to where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and earth. Get it in your spirit. Make up your mind that you will prevail. Trust God. I keep walking. Let's worship him.